I'm so glad that you're here. Thank you for being here. All those of you that are joining us online, I want to welcome you to church. I'm so glad you took time to uh, be with us, to join us. Uh, last week, uh, God really ministered to me about praying for people that have been struggling with headaches, maybe migraines or any type of headaches, and we prayed last week over that. And uh, God really ministered to me this week, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, to pray over those folks who've been having some type of skin issues. Okay, maybe it's eczema, maybe it's psoriasis, maybe it's skin cancer, uh, but you've had some type of skin issues or you know somebody that's had skin issues. And so, like I said, we prayed last week for uh, headaches. Uh, I really felt like God wanted me to pray for uh, skin issues. Then we're just gonna pray in general for healing. So if you're online and this speaks to you, you're here and this speaks to you, uh, before we jump into the word, let me pray. And uh, you believe God with me, so let me pray. Father God, thank you tonight. Father, I'm thankful last week that as we prayed for headaches, God, that I believe people are alleviated from that issue. And Lord, you stirred in my heart to pray for those with skin issues. God, we come against skin issues, whether it's eczema, psoriasis, maybe chapness, maybe cancer. But God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus, you touch our skin, you heal our bodies, whether it's our fingers, whether it's our toes, whether it's our toenails, whether it's something on our body somewhere, that by Jesus' stripes, we'd be healed. And that skin issues are being taken care of by the Spirit of God. Now, Father, I pray for general healing also for all those who are watching online, for those that are here in the service and that we receive healing in our bodies in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. Let me tell you one more thing. Let me give you a quick victory report. Uh, we're back in Ground Zero and Power Kids. Uh, Ground Zero's been going for a while, uh, but we started Power Kids back, and we just had our second week in Power Kids. And I want to let you know that yesterday we had over 150 kindergarten through 12th graders and leaders in our children's ministry and in our youth ministry. And I know many of you in this room tonight, and maybe some of you watching online, volunteer and help us. But I want you to know we're reaching the children of this city. We're reaching the children of this area. We're reaching teenagers. Kurt already thanked you for giving. And I just want you to know that we're making a difference. When you give, we're making a difference. And uh, in kids' ministry, you know, we're tearing up the chicken nuggets, we're tearing up the pizza, we're tearing up the pickle juice, uh, and then we're also giving them Jesus. So I want to thank you. Thank you for being involved. Thank you for serving. Thank you for giving. And so I just want you to know that, that what you give is being used to touch this community and to touch kids and touch teenagers, and I'm excited about it, and I want to say thank you uh, for being a part of it. Amen? Last week, we started a road trip. And what are we doing? Well, we're walking with Jesus through the last week of his life. Now, that begins on Palm Sunday, which is still two weeks away, and it ends when Jesus goes to the cross, dies on the cross, is buried and raised from the dead on Easter Sunday. So I said, hey, let's go on a road trip. Let's walk with Jesus. Let's get up beside him. Let's walk with him through some of the events that happened the last week of his life. We found out that he's been staying in Bethany, which is a suburb of Jerusalem. 
Jerusalem at that time had about 50,000 people. Uh, that's about the size of Roswell, New Mexico. And he was staying in a small village on the outskirts of town. Uh, and that's where Lazarus and Mary and Martha lived. And so he and his disciples on Sunday, the beginning of the week, uh, he told the guys, hey, let's go through the Mount of Olives, which was in between uh, Jerusalem and Bethany. Let's go to the Mount of Olives. And I want you to go over to a neighbor's house and get a donkey. It's a baby colt. <clears throat> and I want you to get that colt. And uh, I want you to bring it to me. So he did. Now, I told this story in detail last week, so I'm not giving a lot of detail tonight. So he went and got the donkey. The disciples laid their coats over the back of the donkey. He rode it into Jerusalem. People spontaneously began to get along the side of the road. They threw down palm branches. They threw down their clothes. And Jesus rode in as a humble king into Jerusalem. And what did they do? Well, they cried out, praise God. You're the king. You're Lord. And they spontaneously erupted into praise and worship because it says they remembered what God was doing in their life. And we talked about that last week, about us remembering what God has done in our life. And when they did, there was this spontaneous eruption of praise, and it was a type of Jesus being king. Now, the first time Jesus came, he was on a donkey. The second time he comes, he'll come on a white stallion. He came as a servant the first time. The second time he comes, he'll come as king of kings and lord of lords. And the Bible says every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. Amen? So that's already happened. We talked about that. Then it says he went into the temple and he drove out the money changers. Well, then they went back to Bethany. They spent the night. They got up the next morning and they went back to Jerusalem. Now, the story I told you last week was in the book of Luke. The story I want to tell you tonight is in the book of Mark. We're on a road trip with Jesus looking at the last week of his life. Now, listen, I couldn't tell you everything that happened that last week. We don't have time. It would take several weeks to do that. <clears throat> and Easter's just three weeks away. So we're not looking at every story but we're looking at stories that God has spoken to me to show you in the scripture. They get up from Bethany and they begin their trip back into Jerusalem. And it says that Jesus was hungry and he saw a fig tree and he walked over to the tree to see if there was any fruit. And the scripture says that it wasn't time for fruit. And so he rummaged through the leaves looking for something to eat. <clears throat> he didn't find anything. When he didn't find anything, he spoke to the tree. Now, he didn't complain to those around him. That's what we do. He didn't complain. He spoke to the tree. And he said, no one will ever eat fruit from you ever again. They go on into town. They spend the day in town. He does some teaching and some different things. They make their way back to Bethany. They spend the night. The next morning, they get up, and they start back to Jerusalem. And while they're on the road, while they go through the Mount of Olives, while they're getting there, they pass that very same tree again. And they notice that it's dead. 
It's not only dead, it's dead from the roots up. It hasn't wilted. It has died from the roots up. Now, if you're like me, I know what you're thinking. You're, you're thinking the same thing I'm thinking. Well, of course it is. Jesus did that. That's all great, and I'm glad Jesus was on the earth, and I'm glad he was able to curse the tree and it died. Uh, but so how does that help me? What, what good does that do me to know that, you know, Jesus also raised Lazarus from the dead, and I'm not probably gonna raise anybody from the dead. So that's all great and everything, but, but, but how does that help me? Well, I'm gonna show you tonight one of the most powerful truths in the New Testament. Now, in my own personal life, it transformed my walk with God years ago when I heard this message, when I heard this truth, when I read these verses. Now, here's what I think's amazing. Jesus gives this truth just a couple of days before he's to be crucified. He curses the tree. This happens on Monday. Well, then Friday, he's crucified. So we're on Monday, we've got three days, and then the crucifixion comes. So he saves this event to the last week of his life. And I don't know if you're like me, but you know what I think? <clears throat> you know, if I only had a couple of days to spend with you, Eric, you know, and, and we were gonna be together for a couple of days, and let's say one of us was gonna move or something, and I'd never see you again, I, I would bet I would wanna try to share something with you that I thought mattered, and you would probably do the same thing with me. Think if you were gonna see your family for two or three days, and then you wouldn't see them for a year or two years or three years, okay? God forbid, let's say that you were only gonna see them for three days, and then you were gonna die. What would be on your list to talk to your family about? I mean, I bet it wouldn't be, hey, make sure and get the oil changed in the car next week, right? Yeah, you probably wouldn't talk about that. So I wanna start reading to you in Mark 11, <clears throat> starting with verse 20, New King James Version. Jesus stopped and saw the tree. There's no fruit. He says, no one will ever eat fruit off you again. 24 hours later, they go by the same tree. The guys stop and go, whoa, the tree's dead. It's graveyard dead. It's pull up and throw in the dump dead. Let's see what it says. Mark eleven twenty. Now in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. I think that's important. It's not wilted. It didn't die from the branches in. It died from the roots up. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, look, the fig tree which you cursed is withered away. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whosoever says unto this mountain, be removed, be thou cast into the sea, does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things which he says will come to pass. He'll have whatsoever he says. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe you receive them. Now, let's just take a few minutes and unpack some powerful truths in this simple story. I think one of the most powerful things is he spoke to the tree. Now, listen to me. We've talked about this before, and I just want to remind you, your mountain needs to hear your voice. You remember us talking about that? 
Yeah, your mountain needs to hear your voice. What mountain, pastor? Whatever mountain you're facing, whatever's big enough in your life that you need God to do something about it. Okay, if you've got things in your life you can handle and you don't need God, well, then that's not a mountain. Maybe it's a financial need. Maybe it's sickness. Maybe it's something with your kids or your grandkids. But your mountain needs to hear your voice. Too much of the time, now listen, I'm a prayer warrior and I believe in prayer and I pray all the time and I pray for you all the time and I pray and I want you to know I believe in prayer. But sometimes we go to God and we beg and we complain and we've turned prayer into a complaint counter. And we go to God and we bellyache about our problems. Or we go to God and we beg about our problems. Jesus never did that. And you and I are not supposed to do it. Now listen, I'm not saying you can't cry in prayer. I'm not saying you can't share your heart in prayer. That should be where you share it the most. But at the same time, you need to be speaking to your mountain. Jesus spoke to the tree. He didn't go, Dad, <laughs> How come there's no fruit on this tree? No, he didn't do that. He didn't complain. He spoke to the tree. Now, the tree didn't wilt instantly. It took 24 hours. Now, listen, man, if, if you could make a promise to me tonight that every prayer I prayed would be answered in 24 hours, uh, I'd run a Jericho march around this room. Okay, yeah, I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is it didn't happen instantly. Is prayer answered instantly? You bet there are times prayer is answered instantly. Absolutely there are times prayer is answered instantly. But my family, our family, we've walked through a season where we've been trusting God for answered prayer for eight years. So all I want you to know is, yes, God does do things instantaneously, but things can also happen and take time. So if you've got something in your life you're praying about and you haven't seen the fruit of it like you thought that you would, can I encourage you tonight, please, please, please don't give up. Those of you that are watching online, don't give up. Are there times when you want to give up? Absolutely. So the very first thing he does is speak to the tree. Then here's what he tells the guys. He says, have faith in God. Now, the original language says, have the faith of God. Absolutely have faith in God. Absolutely, I have faith in God. But then he says, have the faith of God. Listen, you have the God kind of faith dwelling on the inside of you tonight. If you're blood-bought, if you're redeemed, if you've invited Christ into your life, if you know Jesus as your Savior, you have the God kind of faith dwelling on the inside of you. The Bible says God gives to every man a measure of faith. When you receive Christ as your Savior, you have the God kind of faith. What's the God kind of faith, Pastor? Well, here's what God does. God calls those things that be not as though they were. I have a three by five card in some cards that I pray, and one of the prayers that I prayed was that Ashley would become pregnant. And that card is all smudged and tattered, and the words I wrote on there are smudged and old, and that's because that card is eight years old. And I called my daughter pregnant when she wasn't. That's the God kind of faith. It resides on the inside of you. Jesus spoke to the tree. Did the leaves fall off? No. Did it die instantly? No. Did it droop over? No. 
but he went right on his way, and the next morning they came back, and it was dead. So the first thing he says to the guys is, have the faith of God. Then here's what he says, whosoever, whosoever. Oh, now, see, this is only for preachers. No, no. Oh, this is only for super Christians. No, no. Whosoever, right? What does whosoever mean in Texas? I think it means whosoever, right? Whosoever, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but believe those things which he says will come to pass, he'll have whatsoever he says. Now listen, if you'll step up like a bulldog and bite onto this tonight, it'll change your life. Whether it's an English bulldog, a pit bulldog, something that bites and don't let go. If you'll step up and bite onto this, what do you mean, Pastor? If you'll take this truth into your heart and decide it's going to change your life, it absolutely will. Whosoever shall say into their mountain, your mountain, your mountain needs to hear your voice. Whosoever shall say into their mountain, be thou removed. Hey, mountain, get out of here. Get out of here. Whatever it is, whatever it is, and doesn't doubt in his heart. Hey, uh, were there times we had doubts? You better believe there were times we had doubts. I'm not saying, listen, I don't live a doubt-free life, and I don't expect you to either. But we don't quit, and we don't give up, get up, give up. And when we get knocked down, we get up, amen? And we dust ourselves off. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, whatever it is you need, see? It's not my mountain, it's your mountain. Whatever you need. Maybe your mountain's the next car payment. Maybe your mountain's the next house payment. Maybe your mountain is a $50,000 student loan. Maybe your mountain is a $100,000 medical bill. Maybe your mountain is a bad report from the doctor. Maybe your mountain is you got laid off at work. I don't know what your mountain is, but you do. You do. Speak to your mountain. Jesus spoke to the tree. You speak to your mountain. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he says. Listen, the Bible says you can have what you say. In fact, you have what you say right now. In fact, your life is where it is because of what you say. Well, I don't believe that, Pastor. Well, it's okay that you don't believe it. It's still true. It's still true. You have whatsoever you say. Now, Listen to me. Okay, so you say, Pastor, if I say I win the lottery, I will? No, of course not. That's stupid, right? That's not what I'm talking about. But your general attitude, your general demeanor, the general way you talk about your life, are you a, are you a doubting Thomas? Are you that person that always sees bad and never sees good in anything? You're gonna have the life you say. Then here's what happens. He gives them that promise, and then let me read it to you out of the Scripture. He says this. He gives that promise, then he says, therefore I say. Now, don't miss, ah, oh, this is so good. Don't miss this. Don't miss this. Whosoever, hey, guys, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but believe those things which he says will come to pass. He'll have whatsoever he says. Therefore, what did we find out about therefore? 
When you see the word therefore in the Bible, find out what it's there for. Amen? Therefore, I say. So what does he do? Jesus acts out that promise. Are you with me? He instantly acts out what he said. He models it for them. He shows them. Therefore, I say. Hey, I just said you can have whatsoever you say. So therefore, I say. You see it? Do you see what he does? He acts on that promise. Therefore, because of what I just told you, I say. What things soever you desire when you pray, believe you receive. Believe you receive them and you'll have them. What things soever you desire. Who desires your desire? Listen, Eric's desires and my desires may not be the same thing. He has different mountains and he has different desires than I do. Whatever you desire. What do you need tonight? What do you need God to do in your life? You know, one of the things I pray over church all the time is that we come in this place hungry. We come in this place wanting something. Hey, what do you need? See, if you don't need anything, then you know what you're gonna get? Nothing, amen, nothing. He that expects nothing will not be disappointed. Well, I didn't get nothing tonight. How come? I didn't want nothing. <laughs> Somebody called and wanted to talk to me, wanted to visit with me. And so I went by and picked him up. It was a young person. And I took him to Sonic. And I don't go to Sonic all that often, but I went to Sonic. I thought, hey, instead of, you know, you know how when you go talk to the preacher, if you go into his office and he sits behind the desk and you sit out in the chair, you feel like you're in the principal's office, you know? And so I, I don't like that. Now, nobody else does either. So I thought, hey, we'll run over to Sonic and he and I can visit in the, in the car. And so we went to Sonic and, and uh, I said, hey, what would you like to drink? Oh, I don't want anything. I said, what do you mean you don't want anything? I, I, yeah, yeah, I don't want it. Yeah, it's free, yeah. Eric says, free, yeah. I don't want anything. I said, well, you don't want a limeade or a cherry limeade or a Coke or a Sprite or a 7-Up or a lime? You don't want anything? And I'm not picking on this person. Don't get me wrong. They didn't want anything. And I said, hey, that's okay. And I ordered something, and they didn't order anything. And uh, I paid for mine, and they didn't get a drink. And not, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to be hateful or rude. If you expect nothing, you'll get nothing. Whatever you desire. What are your desires? What are your desires? What do, you, what do you need in life? What do you want in life? What do you want God to do for you? What things soever you desire. When? When you pray. Believe you receive. Hey, Father, I thank you. What did Jesus say? He said, Father, I thank you that you hear me when I pray. You can do the very same thing because he does hear you. Father, thank you you hear me when I pray. And you said right here in Mark 11, 23, 24, you'd give me the desires of my heart. What things soever you desire, when you pray, believe you receive, and you'll have it. I believe that's one of the most powerful principles in the New Testament. I believe it's one of the most powerful truths in the Gospels. That Jesus said, if you'd speak to your mountain, if you'd pray and ask, God would move in your life. Amen? Amen. He would move in your life. This happened on the second day, on Monday. Sunday, he went into the temple. On Monday, he went to Bethany, and he came back, and they saw the fig tree dead where he had talked to it. Can I encourage you tonight to start talking to your fig trees? 
Can I encourage you tonight to start talking to your mountains? Start speaking to your mountains? Well, pastor, I've tried that. Well, what if you tried it again? Well, what if it doesn't work, pastor? Well, what if it does? Amen? What if it does? All right, let me pray for you. Father God, I wanna thank you tonight for this service. Father, would you burn in our hearts the truth of Mark 11, 23, 24, and then instead of looking for reasons why it wouldn't work, we'd look for reasons why it does work. <clears throat> Father God, I wanna speak to the mountains in our lives tonight, whatever they are, and I speak life and grace over our mountain, that God, there's nothing in our life bigger than you. There's no mountain bigger than you. There's no fear bigger than you. There's no disease bigger than you. I speak to our mountains in the name of Jesus, and I command them to be cast out of our lives in the authority of the name of Jesus. That God, you're doing some mountain removing, some tree killing in our life. And that, God, we're set free in the name of Jesus of whatever's going on in our lives. Father God, I thank you for it. I thank you for your hand on our lives, your blessing on us, your blessing on those that are online and that they're ministered to in the name of Jesus. And the Lord said, and we say, amen. Praise God. Y'all stand, please.